Hey, good evening and welcome to WILT podcast, What I Learned Today. I'll be your host, Michael Highland, and today we're continuing our discussion about the book Limitless. And Limitless is a book about learning how to learn. It's written by author Jim Quick, and today we're discussing section three, and that would be Limitless Motivation. So just a quick recap, um, there are three... Uh, parts to the limitless model and that's limitless mindset, limitless motivation, and limitless methods. And so like I said, we're on section three, that's limitless motivation. Okay, so Jim talks about how motivation is not something that we have, it is something that we do. So motivation isn't something that's within us that we have to find and tap into. It's actually um, an action word. It's we uh, we become motivated by taking action. And so he has uh, this equation: motivation equals purpose times energy times S three. And S three would be small, simple steps. So that's motivation equals purpose times energy times small, simple steps. So in chapter seven, he discusses purpose. And uh, the first part of purpose is to start with why. So if you're looking for a purpose in your life, like what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do uh, with my life? Uh, We should start with asking questions. And that first question should be why. Okay. The why drives our actions. Um, Jim mentions one of my, uh, an author that I appreciate a lot, Simon Sinek, one of Jim's favorite authors. And he wrote a book called Start With Why. It's a very good book. I recommend it highly. Um, So moving on, like I said, he says that the why drives our actions. So the question to ask yourself is, if you find your why, uh, can you articulate it to yourself and to others clearly? Um, when you're able to do that, then you can clearly understand your why, obviously. So, one method that Jim discusses um, to get clear on your why is to have smart goals. And I don't know if you're familiar with that. Um, but a SMART goal is an acronym, and so I'm going to go through that real quick. S stands for specific, so you want to specify exactly what it is that you want to achieve. You don't want to be vague. You want to be um, clear on what it is that you want. It needs to be measurable, so you need to be able to tell when you've accomplished your goal. or Not when, but um, it, what specific thing... Um, indicates that the goal has been accomplished. Uh, thirdly, A, it needs to be actionable. So you need to be able to take action on this goal. You need to understand how to um, uh, break it down into steps and then start with the first step and and take action on it. Uh, R stands for realistic. So it has to be something that's within your means. You ha- you can't, um, you know, you can't go just from 
uh, the very bottom of the pile to the top. You have to take it in stages. So uh, goals are a way of getting there. And once you achieve one goal, you can move on to the next uh, level of goal. So it has to be realistic for where you're starting from to be able to actually achieve it. Um, not that any goal isn't realistic. It's just that you have to have, uh, like, if you have something huge in life you want to achieve, you need to be able to realize that's your target. But you have to uh, have shorter term goals to make that happen. And so uh, your goal needs to be realistic. The other downside to it not being realistic is that we'll often give up on it. Um, if it's something that's out of our capability at this time without achieving, like I said, those shorter term goals. And then finally, T, it needs to be time based. So put a time stamp on your goal. So a specific goal, what is it you want? How do you know that it's accomplished, measurable, actionable? You can set up uh, a system of how you're going to make it happen. It's realistic. So is something that you can believe that you're able to achieve at this time, um, even if it is on the path to larger goals and then time based. So you're going to say, I want this specific thing on this date. Um, so moving on to the next point he makes about motivation, identity and motivation. Uh, so we often tie our identity to the, our motivation with I am statements. So it's really important to examine the I am statements in your life, the things that you say to yourself and see if they're uh, negative or positive things that you're saying to yourself. Um, one of my favorite authors, uh, Brendan Bouchard, um, in his book, I believe the Motivation Manifesto, uh, he talked about uh, having three trigger words uh, or, or three I am statements about yourself that you repeat constantly. And I've been doing this for, I don't know, through two, three, maybe four years from now. Um, and my three I am statements are I am grateful. I am compassionate and I am steady. And I repeat, that's the, those are the first three words that come out of my mouth in the morning. And I repeat them constantly throughout the day. And while I was doing some of the exercises associated with this book, and he actually asked you to write out some of your I am statements. And those were the three that are most prominent in my life. So for me, that's a victory. But um, there still are things that I probably more subconsciously uh, that I I'm still digging to uncover uh, I am beliefs but remember those are powerful words I am anything you put behind that will inevitably um, shape your your destiny so uh, your identity has a lot to do with motivation if you tell yourself I am stupid I am uh, all these negative things that we can come up and say about ourselves, we are we're, we're draining our own motivation. Uh, because if you if you think that you're something negative, you're not going to have the motivation to be and do something positive. Um, so moving on to his next point, motivation by loss or reward. So the exercise behind this would be well, real quick. So sometimes 
um, if we're afraid to lose something, uh, we are often motivated to take action so that we don't lose that thing. Or um, alternatively, if we are If we stand to gain something, we're often motivated to go ahead and take action on a specific thing. So an, uh, I, an exercise that you can do um, to use this to create more, more motivation is write down your goals and then take time and ask yourself, what do I stand to lose if I don't accomplish this goal? And then ask yourself, what do I have to gain if I do accomplish this goal? And write that down next to your goals. And that mental and writing exercise really put some things in perspective um, in order to realize, like I said, uh, often we don't even understand what it is that we're losing out on or uh, stand to gain. And obviously, if we're not doing the thing, we're losing out. So... Those were uh, the highlights of chapter seven on purpose. Excuse me. I had to recall what I was talking about there. Uh, moving on to chapter eight. Chapter eight is about energy. And um, he talks about uh, something that Brendan Bouchard uh the author I just mentioned says in his book, The Motivation Manifesto, and I'm paraphrasing here, but it's something to the effect that a power plant does not have energy, it creates energy. And so the same way I was saying about uh, motivation is not something that you have, it's something you do. Energy is not something that you have, it's something you create. So in order to sustain motivation, we need to sustain mental and physical energy. So here are Jim's top 10 recommendations um, for creating and sustaining energy. Number one, a good brain diet. So Jim gives a list of his top 10 brain foods. And I'm going to give that list to you real quick. One, avocados. Two, blueberries. Three, broccoli. Four, dark chocolate, five eggs, six green leafy vegetables, seven salmon, sardines, and caviar, eight turmeric, nine walnuts, and ten water. And I have not retained the, uh, all the information of what specifically um, those, each of one of those do for you. If you are interested in that, there's a lot of information out there on that. Or you could actually just listen to the book Limitless or read it if you prefer to read. And you can hear Jim's explanation of what those foods do to help you. But that's his list of top 10 foods for brain health. Um, number two, two is brain nutrients. So there are a lot of nutrients out there. Uh, I know uh, Dave Asprey uh, wrote uh, several books, one of them being the Bulletproof Diet, and he has a lot of information about uh, nutrition that supports uh, brain health. Um, and also, if you're going to start using nutrients, it is advised that you talk to your doctor, find out what deficiencies you may or may not have, and then uh, talk to him about what nutrients would be appropriate for you. Number three, is exercise. So just real quickly, exercise 
it's obviously healthy healthy for us you would think that you would uh you might think that you would uh lose energy by exercising but actually it uh regular uh, cardiovascular exercise helps to sustain a higher level of energy so he suggests a minimum of 10 minutes a day of cardiovascular exercise and that's just the minimum and that's actually some studies show that that can have a very large impact uh, number four is to kill ants and ants is an acronym for automatic negative thoughts so we often have these thoughts that just pop up randomly especially when we're trying to achieve something and they're just negative and so once again the best way to start being aware of these thoughts is to make a list give it some time to think about it and uh, write down a list of the thoughts that come up and what I like to do when I make these lists a lot of times because it's I have a difficult time sitting down and thinking of all the negative thoughts that I have or all the you know uh, um, bad affirmations that I may have in my life that I'm not even aware of a lot of it so subconscious so what I like to do is I keep um, notes on my phone uh, and I'll label it um, you know like negative self-talk or this or that or whatever and throughout the day when I, something comes to mind or I catch myself saying something negative to myself or whatever type listed it may be that you're making and maybe the um, positive qualities that you you know that you possess or whatever but often those things will come to you sporadically so I like to just jump on my phone and make a you know add it to the list real quick and then you can come back later and put that down in a notebook where you're keeping all of that stuff organized so that's just my little tip I'll throw in there all right let me run through the rest of these uh, number five is a clean environment so he suggests um, for energy to clear out clutter and distractions and I noticed that to be true in my life by simplifying and actually becoming more and more of a minimalist. I've gone through about, I don't know, three, maybe four times now in the last five or six years and just tried to get rid of the stuff. Initially, it was stuff that I didn't use, stuff I had two of, stuff I was holding on to for a rainy day, but that I was capable of going out and uh, purchasing again, you know, if it was nothing too uh, uh, pricey or anything like that, that and it was just taking up t space and cluttering up my mental space as well, I do I would get rid of it. And then the last couple times I did it based on um, on this kind of method, and I can't remember where I heard it, but it was kind of the idea of it. Does this bring me joy, or is it something that's useful to me? And if not. You know, there's no sense in really having it. And so I've gone through a few times and done that. And that really helps to, to have a nice, clean, um, aesthetic area to live in. And especially I, I like where I sit down in my office for it to just kind of be serene and feel uh, decluttered. Um, number six, a positive peer group. And I've heard this said many times. He mentions it in this book, and whether or not it's exactly true scientifically, um, the quote is that you are the sum of the five people closest to you. So think about the people around you and how they um, 
how they talk, the things they say, how they view life. Do they have a negative perspective, a negative outlook? Uh, do they talk down about and criticize other people? Or are they uplifting? Are they uh, joyful? Are they excited about life, ambitious about learning, and so on? Um, because this really, really does affect you. Um, I, I currently am looking for a larger tribe of people who are looking to grow in life and to learn and to be excited and also to recognize the complications and difficulties of life, but to be willing to address them and to show up compassionately for other people. Um, but in that process of searching for those, for that specific tribe, um, I have had to uh, either uh, stop end relationships with certain people or limit uh, the amount of time I'm exposed to certain people because of uh, those ver various ones of uh, those things I just said about the types of attitudes that people can bring. And um, uh, without going too much for deeper, um, it's also, I've also uh, heard recently that um, our heart is... Uh, considered our third brain it's our largest our third largest cluster of neurons in our body and it actually uh, has an electrical field that goes out up to eight feet and the heart brain is considered the emotional brain and so the signal that from from my understanding of what I heard and you can look into this if you know if you want to know more about it uh, from but from my understanding of what I heard uh, is that that electrical signal we're putting out is actually an emotional signal and we can pick up on other people's and they can pick up on ours by being in within that eight foot uh, perimeter. And so uh, it is, you know, science has come to show that, um, the, you know, when we say like you're affecting my vibe, like that's a real thing. And so, you know, it's real important to uh, assess the people that you're spending the most of your time with if you're trying to really uh, change your life or make improvements. Um, so moving on, number seven is brain protection. So Jim uh, uh, suffered a brain injury when he was in kindergarten. And then again, I think when he was in college. So he's uh, obviously... Um, very interested in people protecting their brains. So he says to avoid or at least safeguard against brain injuries. Uh, he he um, things like high contact sports or even uh, dangerous activities such as riding a motorcycle. Of course, you want to uh, protect yourself the best that you can. Number eight, new learning. So go figure a book about learning how to learn and he wants you to learn new stuff. <laughs> so, um, but think about it like this. The brain is a muscle. Either you use it or you lose it. It's like any other muscle of the brain. You need to uh, train it. And the way we train our brain is by continuing to learn. Number nine is stress, man ma stress management. One word, meditate. I'm not going to go on to all that. But I have fallen in love with meditation. Meditate. Number 10, sleep. 
Uh, sleep helps remove waste and also helps to create new neural pathways. So sleep's really important. And, and I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to dive into all the specifics of why all of this stuff is so important. If you want that information, I highly, highly recommend going and getting a copy of, of um, Limitless or uh, getting it on Audible and downloading it and listening to it. Um, but that's my takeaways today uh, for, from listening to the book Limitless by Jim Quick. Thank you for joining me on WILT podcast, What I Learned Today. I'm Michael Hyland. I love you. I hope you have a great evening. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.